dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Blunt Business presented by the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. You can learn more at usccexpo.com. And as I get into our interview today, I'm just looking at just the amazement of one of the most beautiful states, the last state uh, that's uh, become a United, part of the United States, the beautiful state of Hawaii. So maybe it's on my bucket list to go to someday. So I bet you didn't know about this, but it's a, Hawaii is a fantastic case for what we'll be with our guest today. They were the first state to legislatively approve medical marijuana back in 2000, coming up on 20 years. But it would take state lawmakers another 15 years to set up a dispensary system and have dispensaries remained limited in recent years. Many patients still rely on homegrown products for their medicine. Amazing. Well, we're here to talk to someone... Uh, but now Hawaii's been doing some good things in terms of allowing access for visitors to access the state's world-class medical cannabis program. And online registration is officially out for out-of-state patients to apply for medical cannabis cards in advance of their trip into paradise. Here to talk about that new out-of-state program is Pedro Harrow. He's the executive director of the state's trade association for licensed dispensaries called Health, or Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Health Care. Pedro, thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be talking to you. My pleasure. You know, I'm one of those people that are from the outside. You know, I've watched all these years of Hawaii Five-O, the old McGarrett one, you know, the Jack Lord one, and the current one, and a lot of Magnum PI in my time. So Hawaii, I've seen the, the, the view. It's just fascinating. And I could totally see where people wanted to make their way where – it would be nice to go and just say, okay, you don't have to be in a cold climate. You don't have to just have to be in wherever to enjoy uh, and use cannabis. You want to be able to go somewhere where you enjoy it, and it's a lush, among lush, beautiful surroundings, if you will. So Yeah, the, the most amazing thing, I didn't realize this until I started traveling the world that I was older, that the reason we call this paradise is because we don't have a lot of fluctuations in the amount of sun or rain. Or, you know, It's pretty steady throughout the year. And it's right at an even rate. Yeah, it gets hot. Yeah, sometimes for us, 60 degrees is incredibly cold. Um, but for the most part in the entire year, it is paradise. I agree with that. I mean, South Florida, we get our, a little bit of the chill and we get, you know, the weather kind of changes up a bit. But it's nothing like Hawaii. That's for sure. And that's why everybody goes <laughs> and takes a trip. Now, Hawaii now lets travelers buy medical marijuana legally, allowing patients who rely on cannabis for pain control to vacation in Hawaii in the island state. Travelers may apply for, well, this is a nice price, $49.50 a medical card, which in Florida is $78, no ripoff, before their visit to be able to purchase up to four ounces of cannabis at a licensed dispensary. So what does the medical cannabis card allow Hawaii visitors to do, and how do patients get set up prior to their trip to the Big Island? That's a great question. So the medical cannabis card here in Hawaii, the out-of-state program, lets a visitor be able to do exactly what a, what a local with a medical marijuana card is able to do. They're able to enter the dispensaries here in Hawaii, uh, and they're able to purchase, as you mentioned, up to, um, up to the set amount by the state. Uh, you can apply for your medical marijuana card up to 60 days before you actually need it, um, and it's good for 60 days once it, once it starts. 
um, that's really important because you won't be able to partake, you won't be able to go into any of dispensaries with your own state's card. You have to be able to have the Hawaii card, out-of-state program card to be able to enter the dispensaries. Um, it also protects you from being able to um, to possess it on you, on your body, um, with the medical marijuana card. And the system is really, really neat. That's what we're really excited with here in Hawaii, is that the Department of Health developed an entirely digital system. So you're able to sign up online, you're able to go through the entire process online, and then the card itself is delivered to you digitally. And wow. dispensaries will accept it from your phone. So if you download it to your phone as a PDF, you're able to just simply show that, and they're able to verify in their system that it's that it's an accurate card uh, because the, the entire system is linked with the Department of Health Registry. Um, but that's really great so that you don't have to go to any building. You don't have to wait for any mail to come in. Um, it's typically done within just a few days. It's processed within just a few days. But we're telling people to give themselves about two weeks before they actually need it. Um, so to start the process at least two weeks before they travel to Hawaii. Well, so well let me ask you about that before we just start. start I'm just going to ask you that next question right there. Let me just hold you right there for yeah. that. So that's fantastic. It's so, it sounds so easy and very accessible. So here's what I want to ask about that now. Applicants must also certify they use cannabis for one of the approved conditions that includes AIDS, cancer, chronic pain, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, PTSD. So here's what I ask about that, about when they do apply from out of state, that travelers needing cannabis can apply for what is called the 329 card, 329, but only if they have a medical marijuana card issued by the state in which they live. So talk to me first about that 329 card. That's new to me, the process to get one, and then take me through the rest of the process of what these other out of state people need to do in order to complete the process of getting a card. Sure. And so the the way that it starts, the first the first step that it has to start is for you to obviously be living in a state that already allows medical cannabis. Right. Um, and to be able to have that medical cannabis card, this is particularly important for your listeners from California. Yes. In California, they're able to obtain a uh, a letter from their doctor, and that's good enough to be able to enter a dispensary. That doesn't work for Hawaii. You okay. have to be able to have the state's medical cannabis card, and you have to be able to be um, using it for a condition that is that is allowed here in Hawaii, it has to be able to match. So if it's not one of the conditions, it does not. You are not eligible to be able to apply for a Hawaii card. Um, most of most of our local patients, um, and what from what we understand from research is that across the nation, most medical cannabis holders uh, are using it for severe pain. So we believe that a majority of people will be able to 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 be eligible for it, but you do have to be, you do have to fit one of those medical conditions. So once you have your state card, once you check with the list of the conditions that are allowed in the state, um, in Hawaii, then you're able to go through the online system. You also need an ID from the originating state where that card is issued. So you can't have a California card in a Colorado ID. It has to be from the same state okay. that it's issued. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, because I know Florida would be in the same lockstep where for those that are medical cannabis uh, users or, or, or card holders, probably a lot of retirees and a lot of those that might be in rehabilitation for some kind of pain or some kind of illness. So they're looking to go to a warmer climate for that. Do you see a lot of that for those that are uh, obtaining the cards? Well, it's still a very new program. We only, we only launched it um, just, uh, it's been a little over a month. So yes. we don't have any real data as to the types of people that are that are 
that are taking advantage of it. However, you know what you're describing that happens all the time. I mean, we right. have people who come in for big the snow. We call them the snowbirds oh, yeah. um, that fly in. Uh, and, and want to avoid all of the cold on the mainland and to spend their time in Hawaii. So we're sure that this will open up the opportunities. Um, it's, we've always thought that it, it's unfair for anybody to have to decide whether coming to paradise or being able to take their medication. So fortunately, this is now a legal, safe way that exactly what you're describing, somebody who wants to be here for a longer term, avoiding the cold, has a timeshare and has the ability to be here for a longer time, to be able to still be able to take their medication safely and legally. Fantastic. Well, and that's what it comes down to, when it, not just for Hawaii, but I know the so same thing applies to, say, Florida or Arizona as well. So that's why those states, and, and really that's, you know, for us, we're, we live in these areas, so we kind of understand where that really works into play about it really just the education towards senior citizens. And for those that are just looking, like I said, you know, nothing's better than, you know, getting the get rich uh, vitamin D in your in your blood and really feeling comfortable what's going on out there. So that, that's a very important point to make across. Again, I'm here with the Executive Director of Health, Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Healthcare, Pedro Harrow here on Blunt Business. And we got some more questions for him talking about oh, when you hear the stories of what has gone on when it comes to trying to get cannabis in the state of in the state of Hawaii and all the issues going about it, it's just really, it, it sickens me when I read about this. So we're going to talk all about that here on the show in the coming moments. We'll talk about that after the break. But first, I want to talk to you about the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, which will be coming to the Hyatt Regency in Miami, Florida, this August 3rd and 4th. You can learn more at usccexpo.com. Doctors, very important. We're talking about doctors and uh, those that are looking to you know, get the visits because here's the difference. If you want to go to Hawaii, you got to be able to see your doctor first to get your cannabis card in the state you're in. So there's doctors in the state of Florida or wherever you can be a part of our physician training and certification program. So you can take the exam and become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, you could also come to our show, see a medical doctor for evaluation so you can quickly and easily get your medical marijuana card. Plus we'll have Two days of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, and a very interactive exhibit space coming up at the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th in beautiful Miami. Log, maybe not as good as Hawaii, but it's pretty close. Log on to usccexpo.com. Secure your tickets today. Be back with more here on Put Business after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. In 2018, the National Cannabis Industry Association saw a 60% increase in congressional co-sponsorship of their priority legislation, the federal legalization of hemp, as well as the election of a new Congress expected to be more cannabis friendly. NCIA will host our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days, May 21st through 23rd in Washington, D.C. Join in advocate for our industry and forge a unified front with the industry's most politically engaged leaders. NCIA members from across the country descend on Capitol Hill for our annual Lobby Days event to tell their stories and advocate for federal reforms needed for our industry to reach its full potential. Make your plans now to be at the National Cannabis Industry Association's 9th Annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days in Washington, D.C. Register for Lobby Days and learn how NCIA works to advance the cannabis industry's policy agenda every day at www.thecannabisindustry.org slash lobbydays2019. 
now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with the Executive Director of Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Healthcare, Spell it together. It's health, and that's uh, Pedro Harrell. He's with us here on Blunt Business. Now, Forbes reported that Hawaii's legislature seemed progressive when they approved medical marijuana nearly two decades ago in 2000. And as we said at the start of the show, took 15 years for island lawmakers to set up a dispensary system, leaving 17,000 patients or their caregivers to grow or obtain the plant on their own. Another obstacle for islanders, if you didn't know, is it's not being allowed to be carried. You cannot carry your medical marijuana between the state's seven islands, such as Honolulu or to Maui. You can't do that trip and do that kind of interstate travel. As transferring tested and approved medical marijuana inter-island is tantamount to trafficking. Pedro, talk to me about these two dec- nearly two decades of hang- hang-ups that have left cannabis users frustrated all this time. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely been frustrating for the patients in the state. And in, in first of all, having this ecstatic uh, reaction to being the first in the nation, being one of the first in the nation to, to really look seriously at medical marijuana, passing it, signing it into law, but then not having the dispensary system set up. Um, that was a, a hot and a cold um, that came very quickly with each other and then lasted. The cold lasted for a long time, for 20 years, as you, as you mentioned. Um, the the silver lining to that, and, and really the reason behind what that happened is Hawaii really learned from the other states. Um, and at the time, at the beginning, and still to this day, there's a great deal of learning that the industry has done. There's a great deal of growth. There's a great deal of going back and tweaking to make sure that, that the system is best for its patients. Um, and I think that Hawaii really got to benefit from that, um, learning from Colorado, learning from from, from Florida, from any of the other states that have gone on and developed much larger systems ahead of Hawaii, um, we were really able to learn that. That was allowed because the, the medical cannabis law was passed so long ago, where other states are you know, just now starting to look at what systems are out there and peeking their head and figuring out, you know, how do we do this? Because we had the medical cannabis law passed and we knew that that's where it was going to, it allowed um, the state regulators to really be able to travel to some of these states, learn from the other states. But, you know, Hawaii life moves a little bit slower than the rest of the United States. So it's, it's typical and part of the course that 
that are moving incredibly slow. We're happiest to where it is right now, but certainly it took a very, very, very long time for us to get here. And so, you know, the, the patients are happy with the system. We're happy with the system. We're continuing to make tweaks and learn from other states, um, but it did take a long time to get here. And for those that are learning within the medical marijuana markets, Take a look at the story of Hawaii and learn from it, please, for uh, for goodness sake. So now, some dispensaries went nearly bankrupt in the process of having to maintain the rental and other fees associated with the retail storefront without being open or having any products to sell. So look at this story about this. Let me give you a little more information about what's going on. The potential medical marijuana business owners who obtained their dispensary licenses spent upwards to $75,000 up front and have had to maintain their licenses with hefty six-figure fees while the state took an exceedingly long time to get their product testing lab situated for the dispensaries to be able to open. This past March, an adult use legalization, legalization bill made it farther in the legislative process than other previous efforts died, but when lawmakers failed to consider it in time for a deadline. So they're just, they're just kind of just shuffling their feet about it. To move forward, uh, the bill had to pass the State Senate Health Committee and Senate Ways and Means Committee by Friday deadline so the full Senate could vote on it or consider it. However, the Health Committee did not schedule a meeting to consider any bills by the deadline, effectively killing the marijuana legalization measure. Would you be surprised if our listeners heard this story just now and feel like the state is simply looking to sabotage any forwarding of the cannabis movement? Well, it's it's a complicated, it's a definitely a complicated issue. You know, the the, the health chair, we, we we met with the health chair several times. Um, we had several advocates outside of the dispensary organization, obviously, meet with the health chair. It had a huge momentum of advocates moving in. Uh, the health chair is exemplifying exactly what we have seen from 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 the system thus far. That they believe that there's not enough information there yet to be able to make a, a conscious decision. Now, certainly, you know. We, as the dispensary, because we were we've been waiting so long to be able to start the medical dispensary system, that's really where our focus is um, for our organization. But we certainly we certainly are taking a look and will support um, the system as it moves forward. Um, you know, can we fault them for wanting to 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 want to have as much information as possible? Certainly not. Um, but are we excited and happy to be able to see this moving forward? We certainly are. Um, and so it's, it's a give and take, and, and it's, a, it's a complicated system. One of the things that the health chair did say was that she was concerned about the, how the opening up the, the recreational system would impact the, the product that would be available for those who are using it for medical, medical cannabis. The dispensaries have been open for about 18 months now, so it's certainly a growing, a growing uh, step-by-step process. So we understand that. We understand that part of it um, in the best way that we can move forward, which is what we've been doing up to this point, is for everybody to be on the same page so that lawmakers are not against dispensaries, are not against advocates, are not against patients, that the idea is that all of us have an ability to be able to create a system that works for all of us and most importantly for the patients. Um, So that's the part that we do that we do like about um, the process that has been engaging. They have been very collaborative. There have been several work groups that the industry, that advocates, that the patients have been able to, to participate in. That part we really treasure, and so we don't want to definitely lose that. Um, do things move slow? Yeah, they definitely move slow. 
fortunately, um, there's been some payoff in the slow in that we have a, a really dynamic system with really fantastic product. But, you know, that's that's the way of life. Oh, no, everything is a, is a short move. And uh, I did see the criminalization has ha- actually happened within the state legislature. So it did make that happen, but still. I, and, I, and again, I didn't want to put any words in anybody's mouth. Those comments, I'm saying that's that's just my feeling of how listeners would feel about it. As for me, I feel like there's got to be a little bit of that intent of saying, well, you know, there's there is pushback on this. So what can be done within the legislative uh, efforts? I think policymakers, there are probably some that definitely would feel like they want to do that. I don't I wouldn't deny it. But I think you're absolutely you have the right idea, the, the right thought process about it, where you're just going to have to just let the process go as it may. And. You know, take it from a positive level and say, okay, constructively, if they are taking this much time, it's got to be because of the fact they want to get it done right. Which leads to my next point. Hawaii is said to have, about this, the most stringent testing standards in the nation. And strict protocols are in place to protect the plants. Which I didn't even know that was uh, such a thing in Hawaii right now. But we've heard about the quality control standards in other states. But now, what should other states take away from the compliance and quality control challenges that other state regulatory bodies have put the industry through. I'm curious, what are the extra steps that makes Hawaii the top on standards and quality control? Well, there's a multitude of testing that happens. Um, it is it is monitored by the Department of Health so that the same people that are monitored, they have two branches, one that monitors the plant and the quality of the plant and one that monitors the dispensaries and the operations of the dispensaries. So many times... Um, they might be one in the same, or they might be focusing on one part and not the other. Hawaii really spent its time in developing a system that is able to track a completely vertical system that is able to track from the bud all the way to the store um, so that you're able to, to tell what that particular plant has been um, up to, <laughs> essentially. Um, and that includes security measures that, that, that protect the access to the plant, um, and then the lab testing that actually tests the product itself at a variety of points to make sure that there are multiple points that are that are that are checked with a with a state laboratory that that checks every single dispensary product. Um, so it's it's good. It's fantastic for for as far as the quality, as far as the the safety of the plant, and then as far as the the security uh, that is in place. For, for that plant and for the people who are working as part of the plant. Um, it, it certainly creates a little bit more of a, of a barrier to being able to get the products out. But at this point, um, the dispensaries have been happy about the way that the regulators have been working with the industry. Because the idea is that we need to have an informed dispensary and informed producers to be able to comply with all of these, all of these rulings. It, sometimes it's difficult is what we learn from some states is, you know, this is confusing. I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to do with this or that, but the state regulators have been completely accessible to be able to meet regularly with the dispensaries to be able to understand. The labs have also provided their own um, feedback to the dispensaries to be able to understand how do you make a better product? How do you create a product that is going to um, go through the testing and not have to be, um, not have to uh, fail any testing so that so that essentially there's more product in the in the dispensaries there's more product for the patients so the the eye of the of the lab the eye of the dispensaries the eye of the department of health has always been how do we have an extremely good quality safe product in the dispensaries 
so that we never have to run into something like a recall or something of that shape. Agreed. And I'll tell you, it sounds like everything being done in Hawaii is being done right. So obviously a couple of different agencies that are overseeing and I just really just curious about one of the, those actual tests. So I'd like to try to love, if I get a chance on Blunt Business, I'd love to try to reach out to some companies that are uh, either growers in the space in Hawaii or dispensary owners. Those that are just doing the whole process just to talk to some of those people and find out what those real high standards are and what differs those from other states like California, Colorado, or even Florida for that matter, or Nevada. So I got a couple more questions I want to ask about. What you do at Hawaii for the uh, Educational Association for Therapeutic Healthcare, uh, Pedro Harrell, Executive Director. I want to go and talk with you more about what you're doing at Health. We'll get that information for all of you coming up here on the other side of the break here at CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're wrapping up our interview here with Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Healthcare, Health Executive Director Pedro Harrow here on Blunt Business. A recent report from Hawaii Business Magazine, Pedro, stated overall, the islands are often ranked as the healthiest state in America. Congratulations. But diabetes, excessive drinking, vaping, and other problems are on the rise. And health outcomes are worse than average for some local groups, including Native Hawaiians, other Pacific Islanders, the mentally ill, and the poor. Talk about what you've been engaging at health among the patients you've been seeing or those that you have been reaching out to. And are you seeing any of those same issues about? Yeah, I mean, essentially, Hawaii has does have some of the most um, 
you know, saddest statistics in the nation for some of these chronic disease. You're 100% right, diabetes, uh, heart disease with certain populations. Um, the, 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 and the length of life um, is the longest in Hawaii as well. Uh, so it's a little bit correlated as far as the older that you get, the more you're exposed to certain types of diseases. But unfortunately, what we see is that certain uh, ethnic profiles have a higher incidence rate of, of chronic diseases. Um, you know, it's, it's been really hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. What we know from just uh, national epidemi- epidemiological research is that any time that you have acculturation factors, any time that you have a, a Western culture, you know, impeding into a, into a, a native culture, um, you're going to see those kind of changes. Um, Hawaii as a, as a nation, as, as a people, Hawaiian, native, native, native Hawaiians, are not as old as some of the old some of the other populations that have seen that acculturation. It's only been a few hundred years since since the Western world entered into Hawaii, decimated the local population, and and then uh, you know was able to see the dwindling numbers because of the disease that was introduced. So these are you know I personally still believe that these are still the effects that we're seeing, the incidence of of, of disease the incidence of getting adjusted to a different types of food, getting adjusted to different types of living. And Hawaii has seen dramatic growth in just decades. I mean, you mentioned about watching the original Hawaii Five-O to, to the Hawaii Five-O now. No. I mean, even just in that, you're able to see huge changes in infrastructure and the way that people live and the incredible high cost of living that has emerged in recent decades. So all of that coupled together it's no surprise that, that, that some of our local populations, particularly those who are native populations, would face some of the hardest acculturation factors to be able to, to do it. And usually the way that you, that you see it reflected is on people's health and quality of life. And that's something that we're incredibly is important to us, which is why I, having a public health approach to cannabis having a medical intervention approach to cannabis was so important for the dispensaries because we understand that there is value in introducing a medicine that can potentially help people with their with their quality of life that's incredibly important to us and that's the way that we're working fantastic so talk to me a little bit about uh some of the things that you personally do and your team does what is it exactly that uh, health provides there in Hawaii. Give us some background on that. Uh, the website is 8088health.org. So tell us some more about what you do with the association and what people can learn more about that, uh, whether they're coming into the state or they live in the state. Sure. And, you know, my, my personal interest is my background is in public health. I worked in many campaigns and helping people, everything from, you know, losing weight to being able to prevent Zika outbreaks in Hawaii. So when I first became involved in cannabis, my interest um, was in understanding how much information there was out there. And I quickly found out that there's very little information for a new cannabis patient to be able to navigate the system um, because of all the federal rules and regardless as to whether it's legal or not in any given state. I think almost any patient is always hoping to be able to get more information, particularly from the healthcare providers, particularly with the newest evidence and science that is available. So that's one of the biggest um, activities that, that health engages in is to be able to educate patients. Um, so we're looking to be able to create an educational campaign to, to be able to have people understand, destigmatize the process, um, bring a little bit 
less of mysteriousness to uh, to the entire industry, um, but most importantly, be able to educate patients who are certified as, as patients and being able to, to navigate the system. And number two, it's also providing that voice between the patient and the regulatory and legislative framework. Um, we were just able to have a law that was passed through the legislature that, for example, opens up the cannabis dispensaries on holidays. They have been banned from opening on state and federal holidays. Wow. That's terrible for the patients. That's terrible, terrible for the patients. Particularly if you're, you know, a regular Joe Schmo working, you know, multiple hours a day and the day that you have a break to be able to go and spend time and learn about this is during your holidays. Uh, so it's bridging that gap in that legislative and regulatory process that benefits the patients because we really have the ability to be able to learn from the patients in a lot better capacity than lawmakers or the regulators framework um, regular uh, regulators are able to do so it's really bridging that gap and then number three obviously educating uh, the out-of-state visitors local residents about how to be able to effectively apply for our medical marijuana card uh, we do have a, a front-facing website that's marijuanahawaii.org that explains for both in-state and out-of-state patients how do you what documents you need to have available, what the process is. It very clearly outlines it. It gives you all the links available into the, into the state system so that everything is right there in an easy-to-fashion to format. We didn't create any of this, of, this, of this information. We simply packaged it so that it's easier for any given patient to understand. Fantastic. Wow, there's so much to go and take out of that. I really do appreciate all that you're giving to us here on the show. It's... Uh fascinating and it just uh, really for me it was about all the issues that hawaii is going through but you know i'm glad that you're there on the front line working with the legislators educating the public and getting the word out so that people can enjoy it and obviously this out-of-state program that you're putting that you've put together that's already in place and uh, by the way is there any particular spot where people can learn about that out-of-state program particular is it on the uh the public website you said what was that website one more yeah. time please so that's marijuanahawaii.org, and we'll have all of that information uh, available so that people can just easily navigate through the system. And, you know, the other part that I wanted to add is that, yeah. it, you know, the system is good. The dispensary system is great, but also the products are fantastic. You're, you're, the, these products are being grown in the same soil that Kona coffee, that Hawaii macadamia nuts are being grown. So we're very proud about the product itself, too. So, you know, we, we think that it will be a beneficial um endeavors for you to for out-of-state patients to be able to get their hawaii marijuana card fantastic so and also uh, not uh, not for nothing but also at marijuanahawaii.org you can find out to get your medical marijuana card and you can also look for the listing of a dispensary in the in the state of hawaii where you can go ahead and get your cannabis and that is anywhere on the islands of Kauai, oahu maui and the big island so with that said Again, aloha to you, my friend, and I hope all is well with your nerves. Paradise is wonderful. Paradise is probably even better if you can have cannabis and it's available and people can have it when they need it. Aloha. Thank you so much, and thank you to your listeners. My pleasure. Again, 808health.org or marijuanahawaii.org is for all that info. So, again, the United States Cannabis Conference Expo, just a quick mention to you again, make sure you join us August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. We're going to have a great expo floor. Again, hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors that will be on. It looked like a stock market floor when I looked at it last year. 
We had some great sessions last year. We're going to continue that. A lot of education. I know we are working on keynotes right now. We should have a couple announcements coming up down the line that we'll pass along to you here on Blunt Business. And if you're looking to be a speaker, sponsor, or exhibitor, you can still reach out to us now. Never too late to reach out to us at usccexpo.com. And if not the Miami show, if you are listening from the West Coast and you want to make it to one of our West Coast shows, we'll have one in Phoenix this October. We'll have more information about that as we come along here on Blunt Business. You can learn out more about that as well, usccexpo.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Blunt Business. You can listen to past episodes by going to cannabisradio.com, or you can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. I almost said iTunes. Uh, please rate and review. Give us a five-star there. Stitcher, Spotify, Speaker, or iHeartRadio, and also Google Podcasts, because that's one of my favorite places to listen to shows, including this show. And also, any comments, questions, queries that you have about the show, any comments you want to make, please reach out to me, Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.